wanted to take a moment to invite you to check out my website, karagoodwin.com. I have a lot of resources out there to support your meditation practice. You can sign up to receive a free guided meditation to bring more calmness and light into your life. There's also a 21-day Learn to Meditate self-study program. This can help you cultivate your own meditation practice or take your existing practice even deeper. Or if you're inspiring others in your life to begin meditating, that could be a great resource for them. There are also recorded workshops that Michael Massey and I have collaborated on, which dive into advanced concepts on consciousness. And I'll soon be releasing more offerings to support your growth, including an upcoming retreat later in the year. So please check it out at karagoodwin.com and thanks for your support and enjoy this episode. Hello and welcome to the Meditation Conversation. I'm your host, Kara Goodwin, and today I'm so excited to have Teresa Kaplan. Teresa is my friend, first of all, so it's such a pleasure to have her here. But she, her background is that she's a psychotherapist turned transformational teacher, healer, and mentor. And she helps people who are ready to shift their internal life in order to create positive change so they can grow into their personal power, inner peace, and higher purpose. She works with people from the inside out, clearing old patterns and wounds and helping them to shift their identities and self-worth. So welcome, Teresa. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. I am truly honored. Oh, such a blessing. It's so always amazing to connect with you. I've um, just, uh, as a sidebar for our listeners, we have met many times, met up in real life and many times, we have met up in real life many times. And I always feel like just this upliftment and like, like there's a uh, work going on in the background while we're just sitting there talking about the state of the world and, and, you know, that our eggs aren't cooked properly, um, <laughs> at breakfast or whatever. So, so I want to start just by talking a little bit about your background and the transition from psychotherapy to energy healing. Yeah. So thank you. And it has been so amazing to meet you, to be introduced to you, to actually get to be with you in real life in uh, the Indiana. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm so grateful to be friends with you. Me too. I'm so happy. We got hooked up actually, because that's actually kind of a fun story because you live in my old neighborhood and, um, and one of our mutual friends, a former neighbor of mine and your current neighbor was like, just, I just got a text one day and it was like, okay, you two have to meet. Here are your yeah. phone numbers. And you guys need to just have a coffee. And, and then it was like, oh my God, Chris Wu, you are a genius. Like, thank you so much for connecting us. So that was awesome. And she, she knew a good thing when she saw it. So like, I think you guys are kind of similar <laughs> Yeah, out here a little bit. <laughs> right. Same tribe. <laughs> so yes. Thank you, Chris Wu. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I, um, in my further background, I grew up um, in a spiritual community. So I was always interested in psychology and spirituality, and my psychology degree was in transpersonal psychology, um, which it just means that it's, um, we understood, and now the word holistic is so popular. But back then it was less known and it's kind of looking at the person in a holistic way, mind, body, spirit connected. So that was my, already my psychology degree. Um, and we were actually trained to, you know, learn all the things that you learn in graduate school with the, D, the DSM and the Western diagnosis and all that. And then to throw out the whole book once you start actually working with clients. Oh, so, wow. I was very fortunate to already have a, a pretty holistic background. Um, and then I loved private practice and I was in private practice for many years. Um, and I, you know, worked with clients. We had great success, but I started feeling like, you know, how someone can have the same story feeling over and over 
And I noticed that we could only get so far with just talk therapy mm. because everything is in the subconscious. So I personally was doing a lot of energy work um, for myself, going to practitioners, body work, doing these really powerful, amazing things. And I thought, okay, I know it's possible to really get a lot more done. And so I actually spent three years waiting um, for the modality that was meant for me next. And I knew there was something, but, and I kind of explored a lot of things, but I knew there was something coming and I had to be really patient. Um, so it's actually an amazing story. Um, a client came in to my office and she uh, had been working with a, a coach online. And she, yeah, so I learned this limiting belief, this way to clear your limiting beliefs. And she showed it to me and just the second, she didn't even do it. She just put her hand in the position and told me that. And I knew immediately that was my new modality. Oh, wow. um, so I without knowing the woman who created the modality, without knowing anything more, I put a lot of money down and I flew to England. Oh, wow. <laughs> I young kids. Um, I flew to England and uh, trained in what's called energy editing, um, created by Michelle Lowbridge, and then later on learned um, the ease method and some other things. And so I came back and I tr completely transformed my practice. Um, so I just basically told my clients, this is what I'm doing now. <laughs> and um, luckily they all trusted me. And so um, that's how I began moving out of private practice and into energy healing. And then I did that for several years. Um, the Aries in me always wants to continue to expand and grow. And so I uh, then decided to start in 2019. I actually I started that much earlier, but I started doing group programs, and I found out that through group programs, the energy healing is even more powerful because you have more people um, to uh, kind of a collective resonant bonding energy um, that then allows you to do even more powerful healing for people. So that's what I do now. Oh wow. I want to go back to something that you mentioned in, in terms of the talk therapy where you said you can only get so far because there's so much that's in the subconscious. And so I, it actually flows really well with something that I came across um, and I didn't dive deeply into it, but just a couple of days ago, I saw something, I think it was actually on Instagram or something, you know, really reliable like that, but... <laughs> <laughs> But it was saying that it was suggesting that like talk therapy is dying because there are more powerful ways to heal traumas. So can you talk a little bit about that limitation with it being in the subconscious and why that is only going to get us so far? To me, this is everything. So this is the premise of why I do the kind of work that I do. Um, Every single experience we have, every small T, you know, small T trauma and large T trauma we experience, everything we come in with from other times is stored in our subconscious. So we only know, you know, like the smallest amount of what's really happening in our own system at any time. Um, so everything that happens, it's like even in those moments when we have those experiences, we actually, it's a, it's a coping mechanism. It's a survival mechanism, right? Part that it, it gets buried. And it gets buried because if we were to be sitting with the entire experience, the overwhelm would cause us to not be able to function. Mm. Um, so a lot of it is stored in our body. Our body holds, you know, you might've um, in the trauma field these days, it's a really known understanding that actually um, everything is stored in the body. Mm -hmm. So our body holds so much for us, so much information that we don't really know. And our subconscious, um, you know, kn knows almost everything that we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's our subconscious. This is the important part where it's our subconscious that runs the show. Mm -hmm. So all of our decisions, our relationships, our perception of the world 
our self-perception, it's all um, based on what is going on in our subconscious. And we have, um, you know, subconscious fears, emotions, beliefs, thoughts, um, lots of good stuff in there too. But a lot of the time, the stuff that has gotten stuck, the hard things that then it's like, we can work on something. Let's say we have some pattern in our relationship and we work really hard on it and we improve, but not all the way. And then we feel frustrated with ourselves. We feel like we're doing something wrong. I always tell people you're not doing anything wrong. You just don't have access to the real root cause of what needs to shift in order to fully heal. Mm -hmm. So that's where we want to, we can only go so far you know, what's that quote where you can't solve a problem with the consciousness that's creating it? Yeah, the Einstein quote. Yeah, I think that's essentially it. Yeah, you can't, you can't stay in the same level of consciousness to solve a problem that the problem exists in. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we now these days have these amazing tools where we can get right in the root cause that we don't consciously have access to, but we can get right in there. And then we can clear it and it's miracles happen. You know, we finally are free of these patterns. So thank you for clarifying that. And, and so with talk therapy, ideally what you're doing is surfacing those subconscious things using words and using like pulling out, like what is underneath all of this anger or fear or or depression or whatever it is. So you're cutting through that so that you're working directly with the subconscious and the energy system. From the um, client's perspective, as it, because then it like comes through the subconscious to be released. So to get to that point of release, theoretically, it needs to go through the conscious layer. So does this stuff surface and people become aware of it? Or does it just dissolve in the subconscious and that's how it's resolved? Or does it vary? Great question. I love this question. Oh, thanks. Um, and first, I just want to go back and say, I'm, you know, I will never, ever knock talk therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, there's time and place for everything, yeah. right? Sometimes that's where we need to start. And it's really important and mm-hmm. very important. So I just want to just want to name that. Yeah, thank you for that. Because even just talking with friends, I mean, how much does that, I mean, you can feel amazing just for talking something through. Absolutely, you know, yeah. thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, and oftentimes the thing that's actually healing is the the energy, mm-hmm. the energetic exchange that goes on mm-hmm. um, that we're not aware of. We think it's the t- the content, but really it's, it's the energetic exchange. To me, everything is energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so in going back to your question, it's a mix of both. So when, let's say, I did a session yesterday and um, for the client, they're aware of, you know, uh, this for this woman, she sits down, she's a writer, she sits down and every time she writes, she can't write, right? So that was what we were trying to shift for her. She knows um, some of what that is and it's all in our conscious. And oftentimes, you know how we have a sense of something, it's a little vague in the background, but we know it's an issue for us. Um, We might not have full consciousness around it, right? Mm -hmm. So when we find, I I do what's called muscle testing. Mm -hmm. Um, And so um, I find, let's say the deeper, uh, the deeper unconscious part, which is, it, let's, it was fear, I think it was a fear of being amazed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not something we would ever think of, right. right? Yeah. Or, you know, I was just thinking about that quote, don't believe everything you think, because we, our mental monkey mind always tries to figure out what's the issue, right? Well, it must be this. And so we have these ideas and stories about this is why I'm this way. This is what's happened. It's never really what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be a small, small part, but there's so much going on. So yeah, clearly, because that's an amazing example of fear of being amazed that we can be afraid of something that on the surface is like joyful and who, you know, who I'm put, putting air quotes, who doesn't want to be amazed, you know, but yeah, fear well, of success, who doesn't exactly. want to be successful? So many people, you know, 
It's, it can be terrifying if at one point you were in your natural childhood amazed self and some kind of trauma happened. Mm -hmm. And so then those things get linked, amazed, uh, feeling amazed then gets linked to something negative. And so you stay away from anything that could give you that positive experience by accident um, because it has some negative feelings to it. So these are the things that we clear out. Um, we also have a lot of opposing conflictual fears. Um, you know, the, the fear of success, fear of failure is the common one, but there's a million other ones that you would never think. Well, I, I want this so badly. I've, I've found that when people really want something that's not happening, it's because there's another part of them that is completely working against that because they're terrified of it. Mm -hmm. um, but they're not feeling that part. They're feeling their angst and their desire for it. So um, that's, that's, those are great examples of what's stored in the subconscious. So um, I want to make sure I answered your, your initial question, which is for the client. Is it, does, does it, it have to come through the conscious? Yeah. So, so for her, once, once we found that edit, the fear of amazement, it immediately clicked in. And she, um, when you do the edit, you have your hand in a certain position and you, all the subconscious things kind of float into your awareness sometimes. Um, sometimes they don't at all. Sometimes you have no experience and it just clears. You never even have to know what was going on. You just know that it's gone and you feel way better. And sometimes you have a deeper um, awareness of, you know, for her, it was a memory of, um, of a hard thing that happened and why she would stay away from getting to feel amazed. And then it, that was what was happening as it was coming up and out. But it, it truly, um, the beautiful thing about this work is that um, it's, we don't have to sit and try to figure it out. And we don't have to work hard to get at all the layers. Um, we, we can clear it within a couple minutes and you can, I, you know, to me, I always trust the person's energy system. So whatever they're meant to know about it is going to come to them. And if they don't need to know about it, then it's just going to dissolve. Um, so. this is, this is amazing because it really speaks to the intelligence of the design of, of our being, you know, because we play so much on our intellect. And with you having done the, the amount of academia that you've done in order to become a psychotherapist, you know, you, you definitely know the value of the intellect and the value of intelligence, like how we recognize intelligence. But there is an intelligence of the human design way beyond the intellect that goes down into the body and goes into the energy systems and and that's really what you're connecting to, but that can be, that is like completely hidden from so much of, from society at large is this intelligence. It is really, really hidden and it is brilliant beyond what we can even comprehend. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of, part of why it's hidden is just because, you know, a, a lot of reasons, mm -hmm. but, but partially it's because it can be hard to comprehend um, the, the brilliance mm -hmm. of our design. And how you know it's um, people people's ability to repress traumatic memories and um, that's you know can cause a lot of issues later on. But the brilliance of the design of that, so that you can be a survivor and and keep living, um, it's it's so powerful what we're capable of as humans, and we have no idea we're walking around every day um, without even knowing how much our our psyche is working for us. Yeah. 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 That's beautiful. And our body too. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, that's something that more and more is like coming to the surface for me is the, is the intelligence of the body also, you know, that is, it's, you know, nothing is separate. So exactly. it's not like we've got intellectual intelligence and body intelligence and they're on two different, you know, sides of a spectrum, but it's, it's of course all woven together, but it is this intelligence of the body, the capabilities within the body. It's not this dumb meat sack, you know, it's, it's got this intelligence running through it that is amazing. And, and when you talk about like how we store traumas in the body or we store memories in the body, this is something that came up in a, a recent um, podcast with um, someone named Demetria 
she kept talking about consciousness being non-local. And I shared a, 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 a visceral experience that I had um, of that where I was in my body kind of in like a multidimensional state, but I could see that. I could see like, oh my gosh, there are, like I could go to different places in my bodies in my body and I was like, oh my God, like there are literally, there are memories that are stored in places in my body. And it, it wasn't just the physical body. It was like energy layers, yep. but it's, it's incredible that this like cosmic intelligence or conscious intelligence that is, that we are, it's beautiful. It's really incredible. There's a whole field of psychology called somatic psychology. Um, and you know, that was, there were two programs in my graduate school. One was the transpersonal, one was somatic. Um, and the field of trauma now these days really um, highlights the body part of things um, because now we're understanding so much more about that. Um, and uh, it's, you know, there's a book called Waking the Tiger. Oh. Um, talks about how animals, if you, if you watch animals, it gives the example of the impala in the jungle with the, the lion or the tiger and it's being chased and it goes into a freeze response in, as a last hope survival mechanism because if the, you know, the tiger sees the, the impala frozen, like maybe they'll go away, right? Hit the so brakes when, and they'll fly right by. That's a Top Gun reference. <laughs> <laughs> um, so once the freezing happens, the animals and all animals do this, you'll see them shake, shake off the frozen energy. Mm. Okay. Literally shake off the frozen energy. And then, so then they're left without any trauma. So human beings are the only animals who our minds are so developed now that instead of that would look really strange if we had a trauma and then we started shaking the bot. We don't know to do that anymore. We've lost that instinct, right? So that's why things get stuck in the body, frozen energy and traumas get stuck in the body because there's frozen energy that we don't know to shake off. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And and there are some people who do know how to, who do know, like people on the spectrum, you know, yeah. will move their bodies in ways that we have been trained not to. But it does make me wonder, like what what do they know on some level, like people who are doing these repetitive behaviors or, um, you know, it's like, are these quote unquote flaws or are they tapping into something that's helping them to move their energy and process things, you know, in a different way than, than what we can, you know? Yeah. I think that we have learned, um, to control ourselves, um, in a way that's not helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and when with the trauma work, um, there was, I remember really clearly, there was one session that they were showing us um, where the woman had been, I think she had been assaulted or some, some real abuse. And the entire session was just her body unwinding that through lifting her arms. It was like her body was needing to do the action that she didn't get to do at the time because she was frozen. And once she did that, the entire thing released from her. So our body knows exactly what to do. And yet we, we, our, our job is to keep getting out of the way yeah. of the intelligence of our body and of our psyche. Um, and that's really, that's really what I do is, you know, try to help people get, we need to all get out of our own way because we are, we know how to heal. We know how you know, that, that intelligence knows exactly what it needs to do for health. Um, so that we are a little confused about <laughs> knowing how to let it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so amazing. It's fascinating. I could talk about this forever and, you know, we're like blankety blank minutes into this and I have not even asked one of the questions that I had prepared. <laughs> Okay. Well, let me, I'll get, I'll get us quote unquote back on track, but I trust where we went. <laughs> so, um, you've actually touched on this one, but I do want to highlight this energy editing because this, you're the only person I know who does this. And I had the, the great gift of being able to experience this, uh, recently when you held a group session and, and I really hadn't, I've done a lot of different energy things and modalities and I've had, you know, different body works and things like that. This was a different 
a different, totally different flavor. So, um, and it was really beautiful and powerful and you could feel the energy moving. Um, you talked a little bit about how there are hand positions, but can you talk, can you give us a little bit of an understanding of, of what that is like for a, a client? Yes. Yeah. So um, just a little bit behind it, we're talking about the body. There's also our energy body and our energy bodies, right? Which, um, you know, there's, you've heard of Reiki is popular. There's lots of energy modalities and some of them work on the chakras. Some of them work on the meridians. There's EFT tapping and acupuncture and um, acupressure, which work on the meridians. So there's a lot of different ways to work on our body and a lot of different um, parts of our energy bodies. So um, the reason why I love energy editing is because it actually works on the whole thing. So it works on our chakras, meridians, energy bodies, and um, and the other reason why I love it is because it's really, really easy for clients. Um, you know, I, I these days, um, I'm all about ease and having people get to heal easily because we already have so much going on in the world. We already have so much going on in ourselves, um, and why not, you know, make it easy? So this modality for me, I've done hundreds of different modalities and, you know, on myself and and for four people. And this is, um, not hundreds, hundreds, hundreds. I've gone to like every type of practitioner. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is the reason why I chose this is because it's the most thorough and easy for clients as well. So when you are having an experience, let's say, um, I just did a new year's event. You, you got to come to the second half. The first half we were clearing out Dress and all the all the hard things in the second half we brought in all the yummy things um so as a client really it's very simple um you know we you most of it is on different chakras and so you put your every there's a lot um, many many different edits so you know we can it depends on which one and everyone works on a different chakra in a different place because let's say we have a fear um, fears are stored in different areas than thoughts. So if we're doing a thought edit, it's going to look like, you know, you take your right hand, you put it um, in the center of your chest, and you close your eyes, and you repeat that thought over and over. And as you're doing that, it dissolves. Um, if you have a fear uh, edit, then you do a different hand in a different place. It's all, um, you know, kind of depending upon what you're clearing at the time. Um, but it's it's very simple. It takes about four minutes and really you're, most of them you're kind of repeating the thing that's stuck. And as you repeat it, you know, I always tell people don't worry about repeating it because we're often told don't repeat the negative thing because mm -hmm. we're supposed to think positive and people get worried. But as you're doing this when your hand is a, is in the position and you're making that intention, here's what we're doing, um, it unwinds the stuck energy. It's like it, it dissolves the stuck energy um, mm -hmm. so that that fear dis disappears, it erases it. Oh, wow. That's beautiful. So when people come to see you, <clears throat> are they typically targeting specific things or or a thing that they want to get through? Yeah. So when I was doing a lot more individual sessions, people would contact me for, you know, usually it's similar to when a client wants to come to therapy. They're mm -hmm. having an issue. They don't feel like they can dissolve it. They can't, you know, they've been working on it, but they feel stuck. They're in distress. And then they would contact me and we would do um, a few sessions and then that issue would be completely changed. It would be totally, uh, you know, if not gone, this, this stress, oftentimes this works so well that people don't remember that they had that suffering. Um, and so I always tell people, <laughs> you forget, because what happens, our brain goes on to the next stressor. Yes. Um, so we don't realize, you know, it's so important to recognize, oh, I'm actually feeling pretty good. But because it's so gone in their nervous system, they don't, 
they can't relate to that anymore. So they don't remember <laughs> that it was such yeah. an issue. <laughs> Does this, um, and that's a great point that we do tend, I mean, a lot of people are moving from one stressor to another and they're in this constant state of stress where it's like this, this patterning exactly. in their system where it's like, okay, I, in order to be in my awakened, you know, like not non-sleeping, you know, person, the familiar feeling for me is to be stressed. Like I need to be, I need to know what I'm for, gonna, what I might forget. I need to know what might be, um, what I'm behind on. I need to remember what I regret. And it's this constant like, okay, what is it that I need to worry about next? Even though we're not thinking about it like that, but. I call that the the hypervigilance that we no longer need. Mm. Um, And, you know, because it does come from a a hypervigilant place, which is the part of us that's attempting to protect ourselves, um, to be sure that we don't miss anything, to be sure that we're prepared, to be sure that our surroundings are safe. Oh, Um, you've nailed it. Yes. So that's that. And, you know, I just talked with a client about this yesterday and um, I said, maybe you don't have to remember anything anymore, you know, because we're it's it's like the brain gets a little bit um, addicted to attempting, which blocks us from being just here and now in the present moment and getting to feel getting to open up to that quantum field where we can actually co-create anything you know, and it, it's, it keeps us blocked. It's a, it's just one of those energies that keep us blocked. That's a common thing that I work on a lot with people is the hypervigilance and getting that um, released from their nervous system, because, you know, we will be able to take care of any crisis that comes, um, but we don't need to take care of pre-crises that aren't actually happening. <laughs> yes. This is so important. And I really encourage listeners to take a good, honest look. And are you, are you comfortable? And, you know, do you spend good portions of your day be in a relaxed state, even if you it doesn't mean that you're you don't have anything going on. But are you able to release and just be be present and and be in comfortable in your skin? where you're not this hypervigilance, that really encapsulates it so beautifully. But I see so many women in particular who are, I cannot believe the amount of things that they are, you know, they've got their fingers in so many pies and the the different, all the different people they're taking care of in quotes, you know, and all the different, you know, they might be, wow, that's, they're so thoughtful. They're so like, how can they, be, you know, in all these committees and they're, you know, they're like, they're, they're, they're amazing. And you get this sense of like, they're always trying to think about like, there's, they don't want to waste a moment, not thinking about what else they could be doing or what they might forget or whatever. And so it's like, well, what is the cost benefit here, you know, of living that way? It's, it's, we're trained to feel like we're, you know, always needing to get somewhere, mm-hmm. always need to go somewhere, get somewhere. Um, and I was just writing about this, about how our entire day is different. Um, I woke up the other morning and there's this intense energy this week um, collectively, and I could feel it. And I had a lot to do. And I was, you know, aware of uh, not wanting to go into that mode. And Um, so one of my favorite sayings is the slower you go, the faster you get there and the importance of us slowing down our nervous system, not feeling like we need to do this, that, and all of that. And just, um, because the more peaceful we are in our nervous system and our energy system in our body, um, the more present we get to be. And then we get to see more clearly the things that we are meant to do and the things that are just us trying to kind of run around feeling like we're productive. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's so true. Thank you for that. So um, let's talk about the quantum because this is a, you know, the energy editing really works at the quantum level. um, Even if we haven't really used that word yet, but what is it 
like for you when you're working in that quantum space? So for with energy editing or any of the other modes that you have used and been experienced with, what does that what does that mean to you to be working in the quantum space? Yeah, that's a great question. For me personally, um, it is the field of all possibilities. And so um, it's, if, and I've experienced, I've had some pretty intense experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was, uh, particularly when I was uh, in my 20s, um, tapping into the quantum. And it can be a little challenging to explain if you um, haven't had that because it's not really a linear experience. Um, but in terms of energy editing, you know, to me, it's like at any moment, we, we're always creating and co-creating our reality. Um, we're always creating, co-creating our path and our life. Um, so when we have different fears, thoughts, beliefs, emotions that are in our system, um, that takes us on one path. And once we clear those things, it takes us on a different path. And so the more uh, upgraded our system is, um, the more we can kind of, you know, quote, jump timelines and move into the things that we are desiring in a, in a faster way, in a different way. Um, and so the way that I often talk about it is just around clearing blocks. Um, and, uh, and that's like the simple version of, the quantum, but really when I'm doing my sessions, I go into a certain state. I ask everyone to kind of put down their linear brain and um, make intentions and intentions are extraordinarily powerful. So when we all make intention that we're moving into that field of possibility, that's what we're doing. Um, and then from that, amazing things, information comes through that you would just not have in your, you know, if you weren't doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, truths come through, gifts come through, um, and you get a clear vision of yourself, of what you're meant to do, um, and then uh, get to kind of take that. You know, I used to do this exercise where we would have a vision of our future, and then we bring it into the now. Um, So we can, you know, past, present, future is all happening at once in the quantum, right? So Mm -hmm. we can play around with it. Um, And, uh, you know, I, I, it depends on what I'm doing and what kind of session I'm doing and how, how much I do that or how much I do. But that's, that's what the quantum means to me. Okay. That's beautiful. Thank you. And how much of it is related to language too? Cause when you're, I don't know, something came up as you were talking about that. Like, I don't know if you, do you do anything with neuro-linguistic programming or anything? Like, is there the intentionality and the wording, the language, is there anything with, with this to do with that? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I love neuro-linguistic programming. I am not trained in that, um, but I'm pretty familiar with it. Um, for me, what we say out loud into ourself is um, has potent um, reality creating qualities, right? Mm-hmm. So that's where you know the intent. I always have my. I always tell my clients, you know, like pay attention to what you say because your subconscious hears it, your body hears it, your psyche hears it, the universe hears it, and it, we're way more powerful than we know like way more powerful people um you know often feel so disempowered yeah and they don't realize that they're super powerful they're just not they're just creating something that they don't want by accident um and so when i you know i i'm there's a lot of trust with my clients and I and and group members. And so when I'm inviting people in, we're kind of talking to our higher selves, which has, which is more filled with trust. And so when I say, you know, we're moving into the quantum field, we're going to do this, we're making these intentions, um, people's subconscious knows, yeah, this is safe. And, and so I'm going to do it. Um, So in terms of language, I feel like it's, 
um, we can help guide people to work with themselves in a way that's for their higher benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. So I'm curious if, if you're noticing in your work, I mean, you mentioned about the way you've been feeling this week, and that seems to be very consistent with me, my world too, where, you know, the, it's just been, and of course this will be released a couple of weeks from now, but, you know, we're recording this on January 21st. So it has been a very powerful week and there's been a lot of, a lot of energy for better or worse. You know, it comes through in different ways for, for different people, ultimately for our highest good, even when it is uncomfortable. But, but are you finding particular themes that are arising at this time, not necessarily just this week, but, you know, in this time that we're in or those who are drawn to your work? Like, is there, are you seeing a lot of inner child work or fear or, or, or yeah. anything? So the, the most um, beautiful part about being a therapist and working with a lot of people at once and now doing the work I do is that um, you, one, never feel alone because <laughs> everyone's mirroring, you know, what's going on. Mm-hmm. And two, there's always themes, mm-hmm. always. So one client comes in and they feel, and it's so personal. So it feels like they feel alone that they're just struggling with this, you know, personal thing. But then the next client comes in and it's the same theme and all week long. So I always love to share with people, this is what's going on in the collective. You are not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the last, this last week, I mean, it's, it, it's amazing how many messages I use voice Voxer with clients so they mm-hmm. can leave messages. And, um, they're all the same. <laughs> and it was all about overwhelm. Um, a lot of it mostly was overwhelm, um, you know, kind of a, a lot of emotion. There's a, the, the last year, obviously, there's a lot of grief, overwhelm, um, change, um, people kind of having a lot of fear and not knowing how to hold themselves in the fear to move through to the trust. It's a lot of what I do. Um, so absolutely, we are all connected and all going through collective experiences that are exactly what we're meant to be going through, but we, most the time people don't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I love to share that. And that's, you know, fear and overwhelm and grief, I would say are the main things that are happening um, for most people this week, as well as, you know, and and that's when I first started, I started the first program um, right when um, COVID was hitting and the world was shutting down, and I could feel that, like on a larger level, we were entering into like c- complete new, unwritten uh, territory that was unfamiliar. And for me personally, I felt really excited about that because I knew with that comes, you know, we can react with fear um, and and doubt to uncertainty or it's a huge opportunity to create um, what we want. And so I was, I just knew I need to start running groups and I need to start helping people to um, really feel empowered and grounded. And move and through the change. way that we can use the energy um, for our benefit and for the benefit of the world um, and the earth versus, um, suddenly start feeling like we're ungrounded and we don't know what to do and feeling lost. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting because, um, this morning when I was meditating, there was some really interesting stuff coming through that I think was triggered. I shared with you last night. I don't know if you had a chance to watch it, but the Charles Eisenstein, um, like a little short, well, it, a short documentary is it was called a mini documentary, but it's like 35 minutes long. So, um, but I, it, it like opened something up for me. It wasn't like there was anything new in this film, but the way that it worked with the time that I watched it and then the time that I sat to meditate, it was like, I mean, what you were just talking about where you were excited about this change that's coming in and you're feeling like the potential he was he talks in there about basically well one part of it is systems and how he just he has always kind of felt like all of our systems are 
like disempowering and they're not like quote unquote the right way to do it. They're not the most beneficial. So everything from education to healthcare to the way that we birth to the way that we die and you know all of these big systems um how they are like not natural and they're not supportive and so then i was in my meditation and it just kind of was coming through about how it's enslaving us and i have heard this from other people this enslavement of humanity and i've kind of i mean i understand it but it always has struck me as a little bit dramatic of like well we're not slaves i mean you know, we, we are doing our own thing, but then it was like, I was just understanding and how much of it is around our energy systems, but not our personal energy systems, but like utilities. So like the fact that there have been that, that we could have free energy, we could have free energy that's running our homes and running our transportation. And the fact that we don't, that that's repressed and that may sound very conspiratorial, but if you are interested, you can always, I mean, not you, Teresa, but if one who's listening to this is interested, like it doesn't take a lot of Google searching to see a lot of the patents and, you know, Tesla, Nikola Tesla and, and others who have made these inventions that have been like the government has sweeped in and, and like destroyed it, taken it, and then we don't have access to it. And it's very confusing to see that and be like, well, what's up with that? And I haven't, I haven't dived really deeply into that, but I could just in my meditation understand like, oh my gosh, if we had that, if we had access to that, like it's, that is keeping us enslaved because it's all part of the machinery of how we feel like we need to spend our time and how we feel like, you know, we're all being entrained all the time through our education, through our health system through our careers, you know, we box ourselves in to support the structure that is false. And it was, so again, this just was this morning that I was experiencing this, but so it's new for me and it's like, I'm, I'm integrating it and I'm probably not even saying it very eloquently, but exactly what you're talking about. And it's, um, you know, the way that um, I was talking about it uh, a while back is, is, yeah, I mean, that's part of the, the world is changing in so many ways, right? But part of it is just a, a developmental phase of dismantling the old. Mm-hmm. And, um, and part of that dismantlement is of structures, right? The old structures. Um, and I believe that we are, it's, you know, any kind of, um, any kind of growth, right? has all these different phases in it and some of them look really scary and ugly where we're um, falling apart and we feel like we're you know collapsing and we feel like you know there there's destruction involved um and yet it's to move into to in in my you know ideal world and my understanding it's to move back into a more natural way of doing things, um, more natural state inside, as well as you know, more connection to the earth, more connection to ourselves and our bodies, like we were talking about, all the deep wisdom that we have. Um, we've kind of gotten a little lost in that way, right? And we have this amazing um, other, you know, we have technology now, we have all of these amazing things. And let's um, kind of marry that masculine and feminine to really benefit um, everyone so that we're all um, in health, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful expression of, of what, what I'm still processing because it is this, as I was understanding, like, <clears throat> this structure that's all been built up that is not serving us and it's repressing our expression, like our true expression of who we are, because we're so entrenched in like this machine of like, I must make money so that I can, you know, have freedom. We think that that freedom is in the making of the money so that we can have, you know, our homes and our, our, you know, transportation and everything that it takes to fuel that life. But, and so I could feel this truth of like, oh, we are meant to be like these expressions of divinity and we're meant to be whole. And I was kind of like, 
how would like an economy work if we were all expressing ourselves as source? So I was kind of like meditating and like consciously kind of playing with like, well, what would that mean? And there was some fear in there for me because I was like, to get to that, we have to destroy, we would have everything that I know of how to operate as a human has to flip. And it's like, well, where does that leave us? Because there's so much unknown about how to get from here to there. And take one step, one one day at a time. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I could feel that like, because I have not had a whole lot of fear as far as like the last two years of dealing with, you know, the the virus and everything. It, It hasn't expressed through me really as fear. It's mostly been confusion. And I have felt this like rebirth of like, okay, we're going, this is a trans, a transitory thing and it's a rebirth, but it's been hidden to me as to like really what, what's on the other side of that. This kind of felt like this massive transformation that's amazing on the other side. And it's like, but there was kind of a, a little bit of fear of like what that um, I could feel that within me or, or resistance of like what that um, to get to that, what that takes. And, and so, and I'm, I'm a pre, even though I've just shared all of that, which sounds so like pie in the sky, like I'm a very grounded person. And so <laughs> it's, but I also don't, I don't deal. I've like, I, I, have a a pretty neutralized energy system. I don't spend a lot of time in fear. And so I could feel that. And, and I'm like, Oh man, for somebody who's not consciously working on it, that is a lot. (laughs) What you just described is, is that exactly what I was the theme for the week, which was the overwhelm and the fear. And that's the theme that we're all, you know, we, we have to, um, we feel it as it's coming up and out in order to, to release it. If it's like, we, we have to burn it off and that's what everyone's doing, even though it just feels like we're triggered. Right. Um, but the, the, to me, the, the piece that I focus on is our nervous system because that's where that overwhelming fear lives. And so a huge part of what um, to me, the answer is in terms of helping us stay grounded as we and open to the transformation is just simply um, soothing our nervous system, clearing out all the stuff in our nervous system so that we can have, you know, I was doing something called an energetic reset um, program where that's what we did every time because you're talking big, big, but other people have have that exact experience with whatever it is that's right in front of them. Yes. And so to me, the answer always comes back to as humans, we are meant to um, expand our capacities through shifting our nervous system and making sure our nervous system has, um, you know, a, plenty of room for holding unknowns, big uncertainties, big changes, because familiarity as humans, we feel equals safety. Um, that's why we hold on to our stuff, even if it's, even if we don't want it, we by mistake hold on to it because that's what equals safety. Um, so it's like expanding our nervous system so that we can sit in the, you know, in the unknown and in that larger place um, without being rattled, which is a huge thing to be able to do. Yes. And I, I love that so much. And it's like, you talk about the micro macro and it's like, okay, so our individual systems and beings are the micro. And if we can hold that, that understanding of the individual, the intelligence of the design of our own individual systems, there is a macro intelligent design that the more that we surrender into that light and that source that we are a part of, but understand that we are a, a just one part of a grand design. And so the more we can sync up with that higher intelligence that we are an expression of, then we understand that as we go through this big transition across humanity, we don't have to ha- I don't have to have all the answers about how to get from here to there. I have a part to play and I need to just 
connect to source and keep making sure, like you said, like take it one step at a time. And it's like, I need to know, I need to stay connected to my higher self so that I know what my right next step is with that trust that others are connecting to their higher self and they're following that guidance because I can't see just like if I'm the nervous system in the example of the micro that somebody's taking care of the reproductive system. For example, you know, that's not my jam. I'm, you know, I'm the nervous system. I don't need to know. I don't need to be managing also the reproductive system because somebody, you know, another part of this grand intelligence has that piece. You are so directing to the other component of my work and my program and you use the two words surrender and trust, which is everything right now. Mm. I talk a lot about that because we just need to let the things move through, surrender and trust, knowing we're absolutely in a divine process. Um, so that's that's important. And then, and one of my favorite quotes that my friend and I say when we're like making intentions, because people, the mind is like, well, how do we do that? And then we get into that hypervigilance. We say, it's none of your business. It's none of your business how it happens. We yes. just know, and that's all we need to know. And then we know that it's all working together, and and that's that. Um, but when we start feeling like we're responsible for the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> forget it your nervous system is not going to feel well enough to to be able to focus on what's your part Um, that's where I um you know talk about our higher purpose and we all have a different higher purpose and we all have many different purposes and we need to have the clarity connecting to our, our our higher self clarity right around what am I meant to be doing at this time um, and it can, it'll change, you know, all the time, but as long as we know that, then we feel safe. We feel secure because we know we're doing our part and we have that, um, purpose going on and then we don't flood ourselves with all the other stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, we don't have, we don't, yeah, we, it's impossible to be, you know, the, the reproductive part and this part and, you know, it's yeah. like, we want to tune into what am I meant right now. Right. And like you said, it's so important. Like what is my next step? Even if we can't get to what is my purpose here? Because that also could, that can evolve, you know, in one lifetime. No, it it evolves all the, we have different seasons. I've been talking about seasons of purpose because we have different seasons of purpose. And sometimes our, like this past year for five months, my purpose was to just learn how to relax and not do anything because I, I was injured and I had some things and and I I could feel the truth of that being my genuine purpose but if I didn't know that I would feel like I was just falling behind and not doing well and you know so it's critical that we hear our true purpose because it changes all the time and we need we have to follow that because that's part of us getting to you know stay on our path even if it looks not what we'd want it to look like, you know, sometimes like what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, wow. What an amazing discussion this has been. This is just, there's a lot here. Um, yeah. How can people find out more about your work and your offerings? Yeah. So I am just, uh, going through a huge, uh, upgrade in my actual offer in my actual uh, online uh, presence and all of that. Um, so there's not a lot there right now. <laughs> but I do have my pages of my program, um, as well as my I have a free gift that they can um, sign up for. And it teaches you how to clear your limiting beliefs. Um, and it's a super simple, literal one minute um, process. It also talks about how to find our limiting beliefs because we actually, um, anytime that we hear a negative thought, it's usually a belief. Um, so they can sign up for that. You will then get on my email list where I will share um, more thoughts like what we're talking about today, um, as well as more offerings and things like that for support. Oh, wonderful. So I'll have a link to that free gift um, in the show notes. And and then, like you say, they can use that as kind of the breadcrumbs to find more 
I thank you so much. This has been such a rich and deep discussion, just as I, I fully expected that it would be. Um, but thank you so much, Teresa, for being here and for all that you're doing. This is incredible, really, really life-changing work. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It has been amazing, as always, to connect to you. Um, and I really appreciate getting to be here. So thank you. Please share this episode. I appreciate your support, rating, reviewing, and sharing. So thank you again for listening. And I look forward to the next meditation conversation.